inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. The National Council for the Social Studies, or NCSS, states, The primary purpose of social studies is to help young people develop the ability to make informed and reasoned decisions for the public good as citizens of a culturally diverse democratic society in an interdependent world. Social studies should be the study of how citizens make decisions, the lives of others, the environment, and how to use this knowledge to make wise decisions. Without social studies, we are lost as a nation. Lemming, Ellington, and Shug say, while high levels of competency in reading, math, and science are necessary for a strong nation, these alone will not guarantee national survival. Civic and historical literacy are also essential if our republic is to flourish. I believe we owe it to ourselves and most importantly to our children to continue to teach social studies on a very regular basis. Keep listening for ways to make this happen for your students every day. Today we're going to discuss the National College Career and Civic Life, or C3, standards more in depth, so that if you need them, these standards are useful during your social studies unit planning and teaching. The C3 standards will also help justify taking the time every day or almost every day to teach social studies because our kids deserve it and schools nationally aren't doing enough teaching of social studies in general. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have a better understanding of the C3 standards and how to use them in your unit planning. And the next few episodes of Get Off the Dotted Line will help you understand how to easily use the tools I'm talking about to teach social studies every day in your classroom, because even a little social studies goes a long way in reaching our goals of creating informed and reasoned decision makers. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. According to the National Centers for Education Studies 1997 report, in 1993 and 94, public school teachers of grades 1 through 4 spent on average about 22 hours per week, or just over 4 hours per day on core academic curriculum. Private school teachers spent almost 19 hours per week, or just under four hours a day, on all core subjects. In other words, teachers spend about two-thirds of their time in the classroom 
on core academic subjects. Of the time spent on core curriculum, public school teachers devoted almost 50% or two hours per day to English reading language arts, 24% or one hour per day to mathematics, and about 13% or 35 minutes per day each to social studies and science. In my home Commonwealth of Virginia, the 2017-2018 numbers for social studies instruction of the average third grader was 170 minutes per week. That sounds okay, right? 170 minutes? But let me put it into perspective. According to the report, in Virginia, 540 minutes were spent on reading language arts instruction for the whole week. That's almost three times the amount of social studies instruction. Here's another fact. Third graders were at recess for 100 minutes each week on average. Now, I'm not at all knocking recess. In fact, I wish that that number would increase for third graders or any graders, actually, by about double. But 100 minutes of recess per 170 minutes of social studies per week. There's more ways to get more social studies instruction into our classroom. And one of the first ways to do this is to justify its existence. Much of what is taught in schools is dictated by outside stakeholders, including governmental individuals, policies, textbook companies, and politics. If you want more information about this, see episode 33 on who controls the social studies curriculum. Having said this, many teachers cite a main reason for the dearth of social studies instruction being justifying its existence in the first place. One of the main ways to justify anything you're teaching in your classroom is with the help of standards. And regardless of whether or not you have local standards for social studies, are using the Common Core state standards, or you have nothing to go by, you're in luck, teacher friend, because national standards exist for social studies, and we're going to talk about them today. The National Council for the Social Studies, or NCSS, as I mentioned before, first published social studies standards in 1994. I have the website link here, but if you really want to get them quickly, it's www.socialstudies.org. For more detailed information about the standards, and you can download your free copy of them, and they're K-12 through for everything social studies related. The purpose of talking about social studies instruction in general, as I mentioned in the introduction of the podcast, is that the primary purpose, according to NCSS, of teaching social studies is to help young people develop the ability to make informed and reasoned decisions for the public good as citizens of a culturally diverse democratic society in an interdependent world. I thought that was worth repeating. But for the social studies instruction in schools and standards to justify that social studies instruction in specific, the NCSS stated its objectives are to enhance the rigor of the social studies disciplines, build critical thinking, problem solving, and participatory skills to become the engaged citizens that we want, and align academic programs to the Common Core Standards for English Language Arts and Literacy into history and social studies. So you know that you have sound social studies instruction justification to back you up. There's really no getting around this. Because NCSS is already talking about giving you the rigor, building critical thinking and problem solving, 
making sure that the students become engaged citizens because they know what's going on in social studies, and linking their standards to the Common Core standards of English language arts or any English language arts standards that you can get your hands on. So all of this justifies the social studies instruction that you have and that you can give your students every day. The C3 framework, that's college, career, and civic life, making up those three Cs, by the way, are divided into four dimensions. And according to the NCSS, these dimensions are, number one, developing questions and planning inquiries. Number two, applying disciplinary tools and concepts in the areas of history, geography, civics, and economics. Number three, evaluating sources and using evidence like allowing students the ability to develop claims by using this set of evidence that they find. And number four, communicating conclusions and taking informed action by students learning how to communicate and critique the conclusions they're coming up with and subsequently taking informed action about that topic in their schools, communities, states, and even in the nation. That's a lot of information to start. So here they are again, the four dimensions of the C3 framework. Number one, developing questions and planning inquiries. Number two, applying disciplinary tools and concepts in the area of history, geography, civics, and economics. Number three, evaluating sources and using evidence. And number four, communicating conclusions and taking informed action. This part of the C3 framework is purposefully broad. You're probably thinking, how am I going to begin teaching this? Well, here's how. The NCSS has done some of the legwork for you, again. The C3 framework specifically states that any tools or learning experience and or assessments should land in the following specific subcontent areas of history, geography, civics, and economics. So whatever you're teaching that's going to go under social studies, I'm sure it's going to land somewhere on history, geography, civics, or economics. But let me take a moment and break down some of these topics so you can actually use this guide and see it being used in your classroom. Please note, these topics, again, are good for K-12 students. So when you're thinking about history, consider change, continuity, and context, multiple perspectives, historical sources and evidence, and causation and argumentation. In geography, you want to think about geographic representations as in spatial views of the world, human-environment interactions in places, regions, and cultures, spatial patterns and movements of human populations, and changing spatial patterns in global interconnections. So in history, we're thinking about anything that deals with change, continuity, or context of a historical event, a perspective, or a source, That causes us to gain evidence and think about an argument for or against why that individual did something, why something happened, or where something happened. In geography, we're thinking about spatial views of the world, so we're talking about maps, human-environment interactions of places, regions, and cultures, so how humans go from one place to another and why, any movements of these human populations and why they exist, and any patterns in the global connectedness of both humans and of places and geography. In civics, you want to think about civics and political institutions, teaching participation and deliberation skills by applying any civic virtues and democratic principles, and learning about civic processes, rules, and laws. So anything in civics talks about political things, policy, participation, 
democratic principles, anything that you have to do with the government, etc. And finally, in economics, think about economic decision-making, learning about exchange and markets, understanding the national economy, and understanding the global economy. So anything that has to do with decision-making of economic terms, exchange markets, all those buying and selling of goods and services, understanding how we fit into our own national economy, and how our national economy fits into the global economy. Does what you're trying to teach in social studies right now, today, fall under something here? I bet it does. Then go and teach it, my friend, because the NSS has you covered. But if you need more backup, here's additional proof that social studies is important to teach. See if you can put whatever you are trying to teach that is marginally related to social studies into one or more of these 10 themes, because the NCSS provided these in the C3 framework too. The 10 themes are culture, time continuity and change, people, places, and environments, individual development and identity, individuals, groups, and institutions, power, authority, and governance, production, distribution, and consumption, science, technology, and society, global connections, and civic ideals and practices. Yes, I understand there's some overlap here between the 10 themes and the application of the concepts in the subcontent areas of history, geography, civics, and economics. And that, my friends, is the brilliance of the people at NCSS. It's all here, it's all connected, and it's all ready for you to use. No questions by your administration, any of the stakeholders, or others doubting that this isn't academic enough or that it doesn't belong as a priority in a school day, because here it is, and it does, and it should be done. Before I go, I'm going to maybe say something that will absolutely blow your mind. Anything you teach is connected to social studies. If you walk away from this podcast, remember anything, remember this. My next podcast is going to be about how this works and real tips on how you can do this in your elementary classroom. But before that happens, take a moment and think about the book you're reading in your class, the story your students are studying in their basal textbook, the math problem about buying toys or tools or measuring for a project, any of those science concepts the students are learning, who thought of them, where they lived in the world, and why they came about. And anything that's going on in your school, your town, your community, and your state at any given moment, whether it's an election, a new building, a building being torn down, a memorial, a rule, a ruling, or anything that involves human interaction, a process, a deliberation, a rule or law, and of course, anything you're already teaching in your social studies class period, because some of you are doing a lot of it. And now, if you have anyone coming into your classroom asking why you're teaching something, you've got the backup. There are lots of links in this podcast that I will share with you in the show notes and on my website. So if you need any additional help with just justifying what you're doing, the NCSS website link and any other links to what I've been talking about today are on my website at pagehendricks.com. If you don't know about NCSS, please, please go visit their website and look around. It's solid, easy to use, and super helpful for you. So thank you, NCSS, for all your hard work. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember some of the NCSS information I've addressed and to help you think about, plan, and consider teaching social studies in your classroom. 
You can find the handout on my website at pagehendrix.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendrix.com, along with today's show notes. Thank you so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendrix.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendrix.com. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.